Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Metal Bike, and in this episode, I talk to a bass legend from the bands Alcatraz and New England, Gary Shea. Gary gets us up to speed on the new Alcatraz album 5 their current tour, and we revisit the band's history. We also talk some New England, their connection to KISS, and about briefly playing with Vinnie Vincent and the band Warrior. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Also consider a subscription through Anchor for a mere $4.99 a month. It gives you access to exclusive content. There's actually a bonus clip from this episode available for subscribers. Well, now it's time to hear from Gary. It's a great one. Check it out. Oh, Gary, welcome to the 80s Glam Model Cast, man. How are you? Hey, Mike, thanks. I'm doing great. We're, we're, uh, we're here in foggy England. Nice. So yeah, you're, it's all good. You're out there on tour. How are the shows going? Oh, they're going great. We've played our first show. We've only played one so far, which was a few days ago in Great Yarmouth, England, over on the East Coast. And it went great. We headlined the uh, Hard Rock Nights Festival, and it went really well. So we're, we're pleased about that. And we're gearing up leaving tomorrow for our next our next uh, show. And we have uh, ten. We'll have ten shows in England and uh, two in Scotland. When all is said and done. Awesome. Uh, will you be heading to the states at some point this year or next? Uh, we don't know. Looking at all different possibilities, we we've got a show in Russia, possibly in Moscow, for a big festival next summer, which is kind of cool. So we'll have to see what, what happens, how things pan out. We're most likely, we'll, we'll hit Scandinavia and Europe again before we come back to the States, which we do the States would probably be next summer or something like that. That's see great. what happens. Yeah, that's all you can do. You never you never know what's going to happen with the way the world is today, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just, we just, you know, persevered the COVID thing, put out two albums in, in the middle of all that, and now we get a chance to play live again, which is great. Get out and stretch, do the real thing. <laughs> well, let's talk about Alcatraz 5, man. It's a real cool metal album. It's a nice mix of stuff. You've got, you know, some straight-up metal and some hard rock. I'm really enjoying it. What do you want to tell everybody about it? Just that we're really happy with it. We're happy with, with Dooney, Dooney's vocals, uh, the writing, everyone working together to put together a great record. We're all on the same page musically for the first time. Everyone's thinking the same. We want to rock. We want to just, you know, rock hard. There's no... <laughs> No more silliness attached to what we, some of the things we did before. So we're, we're very pleased with the way it's going, the way it's sounding, and and we're we're playing uh, playing sort of Deliverance, Turn of the Wheel. We're doing four songs off the new album, and we're playing some of the old Alcatraz as well. We're playing some of the songs from Doogie's History, some Rainbow songs, and a couple of Michael Schenker songs just for fun, and those are sounding great as well. Oh, that's cool! Yeah. So we're yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a well-rounded kind of show. It's a lot of music. And we're doing, we were doing a 90 minute set, hour and a half. And uh, we hook up with girls' school, we pair it back down about to an hour. So we cut a couple of songs out. We're not sure what just yet, but, but they're all fun songs to play. We're working real hard on them. It's great to be back on the road again. It's not 
often like playing live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the songs you mentioned are definitely some standouts for me from listening to the album. I love Sword of Deliverance. Very, uh, you know, very melodic, catchy song. And Turn right. of the Wheel has that kind of old Ingve Alcatraz vibe to it. So, yeah, that's a real cool one, too. Yeah, we're using a lot of the same scales and things. It has that, that, that vibe to it, that tone, as opposed to playing straight-ahead blues songs, which wouldn't sound like that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, snake charmer scales, we call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. For me, man, I'm a big, I'm a big Ingve Malmsteen, uh, and, uh, I loved Doogie in Ingve's band. That's probably where I first heard him. So to hear him on these right. new songs, man, it, it fits perfect. It, it sounds great. Okay, thanks. Yeah, he's excited too. You know, he's worked with, with Michael Schenker, with Gucci Blackmore, Ingve, and now us. Just a natural thing we all get together, seeing how we don't have the next 50 years to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, though, you mentioned the connections with this band and with members of this band it is pretty funny how a lot of you guys all interconnect i mean especially when you think of like you know graham bonnet was in rainbow and he was in michael Schenker and and so was doogie and and uh, joe stump has played with uh mike Vissera, who was in ingvay's band you know there's a lot of connections between all you guys it's pretty it's pretty wild when you think about it you could probably make some kind of grid or something <laughs> some family tree with yeah. all you guys you know and joe is you know it's on the faculty at the berkeley college of music and Boston, where New England was based for, or still is based in New England, and uh, that's that's got a connection too. So we go to Boston, do New England, and Joe's there as well. So we do both bands. It's just all, like I said, it's all connected. It's, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So that's something about that we're all on the same page. Everyone's done the same thing, and is excited to play what we're doing as opposed to, hey, I don't want to do that today. Gotcha. Now, some of the stuff, some of the stuff you're alluding to, are you alluding to like with with Graham being in the band? Was was there some problems there? Is that why he's out? Yeah, Graham doesn't like heavy metal music. He said well, so so many times. He said to Richie Black when he told him Michael Shanker he's you know, he's very difficult to work with. And he, he just walked out of the band one day and said, oh, you know, he said whatever. And uh, we called Doogie up, and Doogie said, sure, let's do that. So we didn't lose any steam. We just banged right into the whole new record and. Uh, labels way behind us. I think it's a great, great band, and they're not going to—they're supporting us, you know, in a major way, which is great. And uh, and Graham is going to go off and whatever he wants to do to be a Graham Bonnet band, whatever he wants to do. Is no, no hard feelings. Just mm-hmm. he wants to play. He likes the Beach Boys. I do too, but I don't want to play in a band <laughs> like the Beach Boys. <laughs> it's funny that he's not into metal because that's pretty much what he's known for. Right. Look at the way he looks, though. He won't—he won't change his his, his thing. He's just locked in the '60s someplace. He doesn't like heavy music. He he just hates it. And then, and then he he's done all these things, playing with Rainbow and Michael, and hates it all. So I want you to go someplace else and have fun. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, life's too short, man. So we, you might as well just do what you love. Yeah. Anyway, so you can't do that. Sure, we can. We can do anything we want. You know, it's our band, and uh, we're real proud of what we've done. We're proud of what we're going to do, and we're proud of. Being here right now, making yeah. friends and playing hard for people to go ahead, sounds fucking great. <laughs> like, good, that's what we're trying to do. And that's all we're trying to do is sound great. <laughs> so, yeah, we weeded out some of the, the difficulties that were that existed in the whole history of the band, mm-hmm. coming from that, that neck of the woods, actually. So, that's it's been a big sigh of relief for everyone involved. So, we're just looking ahead and looking forward and rocking out. <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> we're here right now. We're in Preston, England, which is just a few miles south of Liverpool. We're right near uh, Blackburn, Lancashire. And Beatles. Very Beatles accents here. <laughs> the Beatles. So we're in, we're in our own turf. It's kind of cool. 
Gary, when you go back um, to the classic albums, you know, the first three, what is your favorite out of these uh, first few albums? I got a few. I mean, I love the stuff on the first album, like General Hospital. Bigfoot was kind of cool. We never got a chance to do that. We're thinking about redoing General Hospital, actually. Right now we're doing Jet to Jet, Island of the Sun, and uh, Too Drunk to Live. We're thinking of doing General Hospital, maybe Bigfoot. Bigfoot was kind of cool. So I liked all those songs. There wasn't any songs that I didn't like. And the same with the second album with Steve. There's a lot of great songs. I love the song Mercy. I love Desert uh, Diamond. It's one of my favorite songs in the second record. Yeah, yeah, there's some cool ones for sure. Nice and heavy. Yeah, and we, we tuned down like really low for all the guitar players out there. were tuned down two whole steps down to C, so the, the, the bass strings are barely attached to the neck, just flopping away, but heavy. <laughs> kind of before the, the five-string bass is entered the picture and the lower register of, of tone. So it's kind of, it's a heavy song. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Steve did a great job putting all this stuff together. And uh, we had a great time playing with both Ingebe and Steve. They're both amazing guitarists. And uh, that's that's who we are. <laughs> yeah, it's always, oh, Alcatraz always has amazing guitar, man. And, you know, when you go back to that debut for a young guy just kind of, you know, coming up, I mean, Ingve's stamp is all over the first album. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, like, uh, everybody says, oh, wow, Island of the Sun, you know, they did a great job. I was like, no, I didn't. That's Jimmy wrote that song for New England. <laughs> that was going to be in the New England. That song was going to be on the fourth New England album had the band not broke up. Right. New England broke up into the going into the fourth album, and we were going to replace John Fanon with, with uh, Vinnie Vincent. And we decided to go to leave Boston, go to LA, start a whole new band, which we kind of nicknamed Warrior. Mm-hmm. And then Vinnie got asked to join Kiss full time. He had been writing with him, and and uh, Gene said, "Oh, he's too short. You can have him." <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was great. You know, he was the old Vinnie Vincent was great, great songwriter, great guitar player. So we had that going on. Then he he had a chance to join Kiss, and who can say no to that? So he left, and we uh, Jim and I started Alcatraz. We met met Graham. Decided to start a band. Uh, you know, a, a band, not a backup band. It was never mm-hmm. the Graham Bonnet band or any that stuff. Or mm-hmm. Alcatraz featuring anybody it was. A democratic band, even though people have advertised things different way and promoters do things like that, but it wasn't. It was never Graham Bonnet and Alcatraz. It was. It was just Alcatraz. And then we moved on through through uh, you know, Graham and Ingve. Locked horns. Graham was upset about Ingve stealing his steam and, and put a nix on that. Rather than being able to do a second record and a third or fourth record, mm-hmm. Graham kind of messed that up. Then we got Steve I, and Steve, of course, got a chance to play with Dave Lee Ross. So. Losing guitar players left and right, <laughs> <laughs> and even with disturbing the peace, man, you know you listen to it, and it's like that's another one where you got two different kinds of players that are so distinct. But I mean, there's certain songs I, I wrote down a few that were just like like uh, painted lover. I mean, that's just that yeah. all I hear is the Steve Vai style. You know what I mean? Like it's so weird how those albums are so different. I mean, same band, but like that right. that st- that guitar player has such yeah. a stamp on the sound. It's crazy. Yeah, you know myself and Jimmy. We're playing with both guys, you know, we're, we're uh, very flexible, according to phrase. And, uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Says, says a lot to the backbone of the band, and we don't get much credit for for that, but we've, we're the only two guys that are on all five studio albums. There's a reason for that. We're the guys, you know. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't sound the same, and we have a certain way of playing, and we uh, we, we can adapt. You know, now I'm playing with Joe. Joe's a little different as well. Sure. So was Danny Johnson. Danny Johnson was a little more bluesy, where... And it was the mid-80s, we thought we could try a little of a bluesier thing for a second, kind of experimental thing, and that didn't work out. So we've taken up to the to now and, and uh, come back out 
and revamped everything, and we're having a blast, so that's a, we're real lucky. So I told you I was a big Ingve nut. I'm also a big Kiss right. nut. Big Kiss nut, all right? So we got to talk some, okay. some New England. And, I mean, what a great album, and don't ever want to lose you. You know, great pop rock song. And there's a lot of cool bass on that album, man. I got to give you credit. Like, Alone Tonight, you're all over the place. Real <laughs> real cool bass on that. Yeah. I tell people we're a progressive band to short songs. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was all over the place. I, I don't, uh, hello, hello. I got a lot of stuff in there. Um, Shall I run away? All the songs. I've got little stuff going. Even in the middle of Don't Want to Lose, there's a little, little link at the end of the choruses. And even John Fannin went to do that song one day with some some other band acoustically, and he goes, what the heck were you playing in there? And they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I said, watch, I'll show you. This little quick, quick little Chris Squire kind of lick. So, goes by really fast, but without it, it wouldn't sound the same. You know, there's a lot of music like that. There's these little things going on, and your ear hears it, but you don't really think it, you think it sounds kind of simple, but it's not simple. You're missing a note, or, you know, it's going every other note or something like that. And then on the record, it kind of sometimes blurs together. You don't quite hear it the clarity of what the music really is. And that's why we hear, a lot of times you hear um, bands that have been replaced by other musicians. They're playing the part, but it's still not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, something like Genesis or or uh, anybody else that's it's got a, a signature sound, you know, and you replace people. It's, it's like uh, like Chris, what, Chris Squire, and yes, there's, he's, he's been replaced, but it's not the same. He's got all those, all those little quirky things. So I had a good time on that first and We had a while to put that together, and we beat those songs to death for a couple of years mm-hmm. before anybody came to see us. And when they saw us, they were like, holy shit. And we were offered six major record deals by Clive Davis. Uh, we had people from Electra, from from Epic, Chris Wright from Christmas, who from England told us we're the best band he's ever seen since he discovered Polka Lamb. And we're going, okay, we're driving taxi cabs. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we signed with Bill Coyne, who managed Kiss, being the big Kiss fan of the year, even staying in Rocksteady Productions and all that. Yep. And we we uh, we used Paul in our first album, in the production part of it, which we basically just recorded all our music over again. There wasn't much to produce, per se. There was no changing, no major change that would done to anything musically. But uh, in doing that, we ensure we got the, the, the 79 Dynasty Tour. We had about 25 shows on that. Sweet. That tour, which was good for us. Yeah. You know, I got to play Madison Square Garden, you know. And we were out with Journey, ACDC, you know, Cheap Tricks, Sticks, Kansas that year. Played all over the country, pretty heavy at the summer of 79. Wow. And our record was doing great. And our record company, going to the second record, our record company just fell apart, went bankrupt. Brand new company. They spent all their money one year, so three years they were supposed to spend it in. And uh, we got hung in a lurch between who we're going to, go with MCA was our parent company and they said out of 44 bands that the other company signed they were going to keep four bands so we were one of the four wow. and decided to, to jump MCA and go to Electra who still were promised, promised us the world you're the American queen you're, they got, we need you guys you know they got the cars we need, you guys are heavy so we went to Electra and they didn't do anything for us for two albums they threw us off the label <laughs> that's it. the immortal words of Todd Runner don't let them fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They picked a song that people thought we were, we were male chauvinist pigs. And I was like, good, real good guys. It was supposed to be a fun song about being my dirty dream tonight. And and the, all the women in radio just banned us for that. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Goodbye record. The third New England album. 
so you can't win sometimes. So I just keep going forward. And like I said, we, we just kept skipping stones from New England and working our way into Alcatraz. It's been a, been a, a colorful ride. We're still playing in New England. We've, we've, we've done a couple, about a dozen shows in the last few years with New England. We went to Japan, actually. It was kind of cool. Alcatraz played in Japan four months later. We were there again with New England doing a whole different set of songs, you know? Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun. Two different hats. <laughs> yeah, right. With uh, with really? Paul Stanley and, and Bill Coin, what what are some of your thoughts about that whole experience? Um, any cool stories to share? <laughs> There's plenty of cool stories. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to start. Kind of fun stuff. One thing I thought was quite cool. I went to went to Beverly Hills one day with Paul, and he was shopping, and he was in some some store on Dale Drive. And he saw a nice nice shirt, expensive shirt that he wanted to get, and he bought it. And then he decided he was going to get him in all five colors. I mean bought four more. <laughs> so I always got five very expensive shirts. I'm just kind of standing there. And then the funniest thing was, that I thought was hysterical, was they bought the, the five shirts and he didn't want to be seen carrying a shopping bag, so he had it sent to the hotel. Paid extra for bring to the hotel. <laughs> Probably two blocks away. Oh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> There's a lot of... A lot of stories like that. We had a good time. Uh, Bill of Coin was, was a great party animal. It was... There was no, no one could be sad being around him. He was just a dynamo as far as getting things done and having a great time. We had some really, really good fun. It's been cool to be able to continue our New England thing and his legacy that we're one of the few bands that's still going mm-hmm. out of all the Acoin bands that came and went over the years. We had some great artists. It's been pretty cool to try and get Bill Acoin to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're working on that too. Yeah, he should definitely be in there. Yeah, I mean, he... he <laughs> He pioneered some crazy stuff. We were there for three years, just about, I guess. So we're living in Boston and being doing our business in New York City, which is cool. I thought it would stay like that forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that <Right>. didn't happen. <laughs> what, Gary, when you were on the, the Dynasty tour, was it? did you see any cracks in the Kiss camp? Like they were kind of falling apart as a band? Yeah, they had problems. Peter wasn't up to snuff what was going on. He was kind of lagging around. And it was they they had a big problem before they even did that. They the, the four solo albums that they broke up. Then they did the four solo albums. Then it was a competition whose album was better, and Ace won the contest. That pissed them off. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> they didn't see that coming. <laughs> that didn't make Gene. Gene didn't like that. And Gene's out there saying, "When you wish upon a star, it's like, why are you doing that?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Ace out there being cool. You know, back in the New York groove. Ace was a cool guy. Really cool guy. Um, so they got back together again and did the I Was Made for Love, which people thought was kind of strange. I thought it was a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. Desmond Child wrote the song. It was cool to see him play every night. And after that, that tour, they changed they changed uh, drummers and guitar players. That was the beginning of all that. So we, were, we saw the last part of the original Kiss, I guess, on the Dynasty tour. Yeah, no, you definitely did. And we were getting encores every night. And we got kicked off the tour in Montreal. <laughs> we we got we got the gate manager or no manager. We had like four more shows to go, and one was going to be in the Boston area. So we had a guest list of a thousand people. You know, my parents and John's parents and the whole deal. And we played in Montreal for them, and the place was packed because we didn't realize we were getting such massive airplay in Canada. And and Hirsch, the drummer for New England starters, Canadian, so we're sort of getting like a Canadian content thing where they play a lot of Canadian music on their radio stations. So the whole place was packed, and when we came out on the stage, the whole place stood up screaming and yelling like they just did a, a hockey goal. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I just stood with my mouth open and go, holy. And we played. We played great. And that, that night they said, you're off the tour. I said, why? No one, ever, no one ever told us why. Just you're off the tour. And we had to go back to, to Boston. And we booked some little theater in the middle of Massachusetts someplace with days worth of uh, advertising. Three people came. We decided we were about to go do our second album anyway, so it didn't really matter as far as that goes. We thought that was a pretty good left-hand compliment if they kick us off the tour. <laughs> You're too good. So we, <laughs> we had a we had a good time, <laughs> and you know, and uh, we're still friends with those guys. We're still on good terms. All the people involved in those those are the, the coin organization and all the great people who work for those guys. So it's been, it's been good. Very rewarding to to know all those people. So when you do the warrior thing, what are, you, what are your thoughts looking back at Vinnie Vincent? I mean, any, any strange behavior? Because he's kind of known for some strange behavior, or was he pretty uh, just, I don't know, <laughs> straightforward at that point? He, his problem is he can't make up his mind on things. Mm-hmm. So we'd work on a song, and the next day, it would have to change all around again. And then the third day, that song would be changed a second or third time. And it's like, it sounds great the way it is. Let's move on to the next song. And he'd be analyzing everything and making phone calls with Ford and we think about that, we think about that. Driving people crazy. He drove the guys in Kiss crazy. Bill told me that he was calling him thirty times a day, asking questions, what about this, what about that? And they're saying just stop calling. So he got himself booted out of the camp, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And he was he was a good guy, but he was he was uh he had a lot of nervous energy. And then after he was in Kiss then he decided he had to become Ingve Malmsteen, and that was the wrong road to go down, I think. Because mm-hmm. he was a great guitar player before he was playing. He was playing more like Jeff Beck, more like, say, Foreigner, more like Mick Jones, where just, yep. you know, tasty guitars and trying to be a guitar hero. Kind right, of thing. right. And, he, and then his, his own thing, was, to me, was just a, you know, all the high vocals and screaming guitars, and just wasn't as good as what we had been doing. So I thought the stuff we were doing was going to go right to the radio, and we'd be doing great. It's right in that time of, you know, 1982, 83. And the music he wrote was just perfect for the radio. As was Look It Up. We were from those songs before Kiss did. Yeah. And the boys are going to rock that kind of stuff. So we were working on that stuff. And then they moved into full time with those guys. He took all the songs and became Kiss songs. Some of the stuff they've reworked and changed the titles to it. Yep, yep. So, again, me and Jimmy are connected to that, to the Kiss thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> the, talk about that family you know? tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but most of that stuff, you're right. Uh, Boys Are Gonna Rock, I think, became on the eighth day right. on Lick It Up. And, and then all that shit went on right. uh, his two solo albums. He, he did all, like, No Substitute and Baby O and all those yeah. songs. Those all ended up on the his yeah. solo album. So. And if you, if you, we did a, a Warrior release on Trailer Records of all the best of my my demo tapes, my rehearsal tapes. And so you can hear us playing those songs live. And we have, uh, we have, um, Fergie Fredrickson singing with us that day. We're kind of auditioning people and Fergie eventually joined Toto. Right. And he sounded great. And you can hear Vinny in the background talking and we do those songs, Betrayed, uh, and boys are going to rock and stuff. And you can hear my bass. And it's like, <laughs> the bass like a freight train. It's right near my amplifier. <laughs> the point of those tapes was that it was my, just my study tapes that I would, you know, tape myself for a day, go home, listen to them, go, okay, tomorrow I'm going to change that and change this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's the only stuff ever recorded of us. There was a demo tape done at the record plant. And those songs were on there too. It was also the, the live stuff. Um, and I, 
I just tell people go listen to that live stuff because it's it's uh, to show you how the band sounded live. But there was no studio tricks or you know uh, added people or you know string sections or that stuff. Just raw rehearsal, and uh, we thought this was going to be a great band, and that just went by the wayside. So well, man, this has been great talking with you. I wish you lots of luck with the the album and tour. Anything you want to say to your fans out there in closing? No, just thanks for hanging with us and. I hope everyone uh, enjoys what we're doing and uh, come out and see us and support us. Join our Facebook thing, you know, the official Alcatraz Facebook page and get those numbers up because that helps booking when people see, you know, how many hits you have. Is, uh, everyone kind of badmouths Facebook, but promoters go there and go, oh, you only got 50 friends. You must suck. <laughs> <laughs> so get those numbers up. Like our page, you know, and... It's got all the information of where we're going, what we've been doing, and uh, and keep in touch. And hopefully we'll get to the States. Of course we want to play in the States, and hopefully we'll get there. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Really appreciate the time, Gary. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, that was great talking with Gary. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Rock on!